Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Dave West. This is another Falling Podcast. This episode, we have the very talented world champion, world record holder, holder, not holder. He's probably going to hoard a few of them. James Casey. James has been very busy lately. And so from the outset, I just want to do let you know that the end of this podcast with James is a little bit rushed because I had a Zoom call countdown and I didn't want to have to dial back in with him because I'm too stingy to pay for Zoom. Zoom's quite expensive these days. And so I did sort of rush the ending. So I want to apologize about that. Nonetheless, there's lots of interesting stuff in this episode. I tried to not cover the same ground that other people have in other discussions with him. So I tried to be a little bit, I tried to take a bit of a different approach. So I hope you appreciate that um, rather than it just being about M2O because we've heard so much about that and there's lots of it, uh, content out there. I, I've i consumed all that content, I suppose. So he's answered a lot of my questions in other formats. So if you wanted a bunch of M2O breakdown, this is probably not the episode for you. This is more about code foils, um, foil choices, future adventures, um, the human dynamics of running a business with your friends that's also mixed in with a hobby. And so I hope you find this interesting. And as always, it's always fun to talk to James. He's a very interesting character. He's a, I'm going to gush for a second. He inspires me because he's found this way of walking the line of uh, doing the thing you love, but also making it a business. And being an entrepreneur and he works incredibly hard he travels a lot and he's also a family man and i've i love that um complicated dynamic that that creates and so i wanted to talk to him about that sort of thing so we cover a bit of that in this episode nonetheless please enjoy my fruitful discussion with james casey hi my name's james casey and foiling feeds my addiction i like it that's very good very good. Yeah. So, uh, I'll just do, by introduction, we're talking with James Casey. Everybody knows who you are if they foil. Um, recent M2O champion amongst the, you won the M2M as well, officially? I won um, Padalamua, officially. Yeah. Who, won, who won M2M? I've forgotten. Uh, Kane. Kane DeWall. Oh, nice. Who was yeah. one of the contenders to win M2O. I spoke to him and he said he had a he had a shocker start. But anyway, um, a lot of people did. It, I actually want to avoid M2O because you've Good spoken idea. about it so much recently, and you're probably yeah. a little bit sick of it. So what I wanted to start with, and I'm trying to cover some things that maybe other people haven't, is you obviously have started a company with your your friends, Marcus. Uh, what are their names again? Marcus, Ben, Dan, Dan. Yeah, and Dan. But you've also had a child recently. How old is your son? Uh, Kobe's 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. So you've yeah. really chosen two of the most <laughs> difficult things you could possibly do in a very short time frame and plus competing at a very high level. How is that honestly treating you? You seem pretty resilient to me. To be fair, my wife is very supportive and that definitely lightens the load. My my son's also pretty um he's also pretty resilient. <laughs> he's he's um he's he's a good kid. Like he, he, he he's a good sleeper. He, he he just it makes it easy, it seems. And I can definitely see, like, when he's teething, it's a lot worse. Like, he wakes up, you know, when he was younger. Like, if he woke up three times in the night, that was really bad. So that that's helped. In terms of the, the whole, you know, starting, 
a foiling company. Um, definitely not the best financial decision. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely just starting out. Um, yeah. And look, I, I was on a pretty good, I had a pretty good thing going with Axis and it yep. was just growing. So yeah. uh, I, uh, it's just one of those things. Uh, we I talked about it with with both Ben and Marcus um, a lot, basically, you know, for, for about five years, and I honestly didn't think it was going to happen as soon as it did. I'm like, yeah, you guys should do it, and mm. and we'll see where I'm at. And uh, it was just one of those things that if it, I was going to do it at some point, so I yeah. could have kind of milked access for all their worth, but I just felt it felt like it wasn't the right thing to do. Mm. And so when the boys officially like invited me, it was kind of like, well, I'm going to join eventually. Yeah. So, so it's why not, why not kick it off as best we can all together rather than continue working with Axis for another year, two years, three years, and then jump shit. So, and I, and I didn't feel right. Um, you know, to Adrian or, or Evan, who I've good mates with, I saw him in Maui and it was all good. Like it was, they're super cool guys. And, um, I hope they only say good things about me because I only ever say good things about them, you know. So it's um, it's it's all it's all good, and it it wouldn't have been right for me to to you know press pause on the code stuff mm. because I was always going to be pressing play further down the track, yep. you know. So it was just um, you were delaying an inevitable risk, really. Exactly, exactly. So we. It, give it a crack, give it our best crack and see how we go. Yeah. Like I said, it would have been a lot easier to to not, but I had to see how how it would how it would have gone and so far it's gone pretty well, you know. Well, so I had a quick look at the website before you jumped on and like you're in Barcelona, you're in Denmark, I think it was, and then the Americas and obviously every main shop like with the big ones in Australia. Like it's really impressive and like it's such a grassroots, you know, foil brand in australia it's so cool to see so congrats to you and the guys it's been a uh a busy little bit of time and we can't wait till we can put all our time and effort into it because at the moment we're all working our day jobs so to mm. speak and and basically um from about this time at like eight o'clock at night till you know nine ten eleven is when most of us have time to put to put um our work into the code stuff um unfortunately because the time zone marcus and dan in wa They'll start messaging in about half an hour, so about eight thirty, just when we like my wife and I start to wind it down, you know, yep. get into bed, and mm-hmm. I'll be on the phone chatting to them and answering messages, and yep. um, so because for any you know, U- US listeners, because we have people listening from the US, which is amazing. Oh, um, big time. Is uh, what is it? Three and a half hours? Yeah, I think it's three, two or three. I think depending on daylight, yeah, daylight savings. savings. Yeah. yeah, it's two at the moment. It's yeah. it's what three thousand eight hundred k's away. It's a long way away. A, yeah, it's a day day worth of driving plus yeah. some probably. Yeah, I imagine that you know because you've been friends with these guys for a long time and you've worked with the Sonova stuff as well. There's been some crossover yeah. with Ben, obviously. I imagine you guys have established really good communication in those relationships because entering any business with your friends is it's potentially damaging, and yeah. you, you've got to navigate. Obviously, you're a very large personality in the falling world, and and you've you know been. A personality elsewhere and so what's that like walking that line of you want to promote them but promote the brand because i imagine you're always having to advocate hey this is all of us yeah yeah imagine. i'm always yeah I, I, so we all have you know different roles and whatnot and 
one of my things that I run the Instagram pretty much between Ben and I, we sort of bounce between it and I'm I'm like, guys, yeah, it's like, (laughs) I need more. It's not, it's not my brand. It's our brand. And like, I'm always worried from socials that this looks like my second Instagram code foils shouldn't just be featuring me, (laughs) you know, and and we need Ben, we need Marcus, we need Dan on there, like more than me because people already know who I am. Like, Mm. You know, they feel like it, like people people don't know Marcus, Ben, and Dan as well as they know me on the yeah. social media sort of side of things. You know, mm-hmm. so it's and then we're you know slowly getting team riders um, and um, Robbie, Robbie from um, Oahu is epic for social oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. He always he always asks he for like you know the, the 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 collab kind of thing at any rips. Yeah, and he's the nicest dude. I met him after Molokai, and mm-hmm. he was on the he had his full code hat and shirt on. He was like <laughs> he was just frothing out. You know, it was such yeah. a that's yeah, um, Mirashu. How do you say his last yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're butchering the last name, but yeah, yeah I'll I let can... you say it, not me. <laughs> I'll get cancelled. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that's that's because that's the challenge. Is you're the most likely to get filmed to get the content because of the nature of what you do. So mm, you're yeah. probably on the water, you know, twenty, thirty hours more than them a week too, as well. Yeah, I'm not even sure that's true, but it's like when okay. I am on the water, I've usually got someone who's mm. ready to film or, you know, I, I try to make the most of the time I'm on water. So it's like Marcus, he's a lifestyle guy and he he works at a shop in WA and he works there because they let him finish at three because the sea breeze comes in yep. and he can get his afternoon downwinder in. He's just really shit at getting footage and he knows that. He actually bought recently through the code account and... I don't haven't seen any footage from it yet. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> um, ben, he's a bit better than Marcus, um, but he's just, I don't know, there's just not like, you know, some people go out and get footage and will edit it up and sort of send stuff, and you know, whereas other people, are, they just want to go out and enjoy it, you know, yeah. and, and I respect that. I can connect with that, obviously, because every time I try and get content, I enjoy myself less uncategorically it's uh it's a job it is a job yeah, and and yeah. that's and that's you know i, I try to and we, you, know, you and i are probably the same we try to go out and have fun and get the footage that we need to then be able to share to socials mm. or, or wherever we're sharing it but it takes away it's not just you out there enjoying yourself it's yeah it's you gotta line this up get this angle you gotta make sure you get this talk to the camera da, 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 da. and then you gotta go home and edit it mm. and you know, first world problems, but it is something that isn't as free as foiling just for the hell of it. Yeah. Yeah. As per your intro. <laughs> um, Wasn't that Dylan's intro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Because um, I've, I've been walking that line. You've been probably dealing with this for many years, so you'd have a lot of wisdom to share, but I've only been recently <laughs> sort of dealing with foiling where you know, it become it can become less enjoyable because of extrinsic pressures and that sort of thing and, you know, whatever else is going on. I've dealt with it with music as a musician, but I, it's probably like the same thing as I've been doing music for so long that I don't think about it anymore. It's just part of the job. Are you mm. at that point or does it still, you have to work through like, no, no, get back to enjoying it or is it just seasons? Um, no, I... When I first started, I guess the stand-up paddle thing and trying to trying to please sponsors and and whatnot, it was I enjoyed trying to get in the trying to get the clips because it was like it was exciting to try to see if I could get something good and then if you could line up a photographer or you know someone to film, it was always cool to see the footage after. 
and it was genuine stoke and frost when you saw the footage. And that wore off probably after two or three years. I was still pretty frothing, so I actually never, I wasn't that good at it. I never got footage that often. So when I got some good footage, mm. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, I seem like I'm going all right. And people are, people are liking it and, yeah, there's all the froth and, the you know, you sort of boost your ego, you know, which is, you know, great. Um, and then probably in the last probably five years, maybe even maybe six years, it's like the the expectation is that you get the clips and you edit it and you upload it. And there was a point probably probably three or four years ago that I'm like, ah, oh, stuff it. I'm, I'm just going to go out there and if someone films something and they put it up, I'll share it. And that was kind of it. But in order to please sponsors, and especially if they're if you're getting paid for it, which isn't many of my sponsors, but like if you're getting paid for something, you you need to do a job, and it does cross over, and you can't complain because it's so it is so we're so I'm so lucky to do what I do, yeah. and if I've got to spend you know ten hours a week editing some stuff to put up on social media to please a few sponsors, so be it. That's that 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 can be my job, and that's what they're paying me for. And that's, mm. that's cool. But um, to me, the hardest thing actually now is just sitting down and getting everything, the footage and the time together to then edit it all and get it up. Because um, once you're in front of the computer, it's not too that hard a job. It's just getting the time to set aside from your day to day and mm. getting the work that you've already done into a, you know, 90 second portrait for, for the real, like it's yeah. just, and then the same, like a longer version for YouTube. And it's, yep. it's time consuming. It is. It, it it takes longer than you think. And anyone yep. who's like, mm. like the the filming of it is actually I really enjoy. I enjoy the filming. Mm. But when I come in, I'm like just feel so like I just did a downwinder this afternoon. I took a GoPro with me, mm. and I was filming a bit portrait, a bit landscape, and it was like yeah, this was fun. Like when I was filming it, it was fun. But then I came in, I'm like, oh, I brought my GoPro upstairs, and I'm like, oh, do when am I going to do this? <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to do the shit bit exactly. Yeah, yeah. And some people really love it. Like Josh Koo really loves editing the stuff. Yeah. But you still got to sit down and allocate time to do it. And that's what I'm bad at. And doing it consistently is the mm. hard thing. Yeah. I was just thinking when I was out there today, if I do it once, maybe I should just do one one post a week, one good post a week and that's it, yeah. you know? And that's what Josh has, I think, has been doing really well. And yourself, you know, sort of having one little project and working on that and then releasing it. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you know, it, it's just... Well, that's... I've said to people, like, getting onto the Axis team for me, I would have been better off just going to work and paying for the wings myself. 100%. Like the amount of hours that I've spent editing, I don't mind the writing bit like you, but the yeah. editing bit, it's a huge amount of work. And it's only that I sort of, I do enjoy it. I don't enjoy editing. I enjoy the end result. Yeah. And there's, there's the enjoyment of filming. There's yeah. the enjoyment of the end result. And then there's yeah. the, the work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a difficulty sandwich. Um. But yeah, because I remember you saying to me, you were doing the Thursday thoughts thing and you were like, hey, this is the way to do it. Just upload from your phone, Thursday thoughts. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I probably need to. I actually I actually listened to you because I've simplified my videos since you said that because I'm like, nobody cares about, like I'm not going to go to super basic, but I'm not going to go super fancy. So yeah, people just want to well, hear good stuff. One of the things, I guess, probably getting a little off topic, but there's no topic, but that I found is if, and this is probably an excuse for me to do a half-assed job, but if you edit it too much, it seems less genuine. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've found this. Whereas if you just do like a, you know, like an iPhone video and it's just you hanging out with your mates and going for a foil and then and then that's it. And it's yeah. like, it doesn't look like you've put a lot of time into editing it, putting it all mm. together. Yeah. Then personally, I found that, 
you actually get a better response for, for social media stuff. Mm. Whereas like I've, I've, you know, when a value paid this money for me to do this thing with a mate of mine, Jamie Gray, and it was a sick, there's a sick clip. I was frothing on like a drone footage and land footage and GoPro footage and driving in the car, talking about it and a review and all this. And it just wasn't a flop. I got more views from mm. doing a live down window, which took yep. zero effort, mm. you know? Well, that's like I did that long. I did, it was a fairly long talking head video of just me talking about downwinding and just how hard it was. And that's yep. been one of my best performers. And I didn't put much effort in. I literally sat in front of the camera and I just said what I was thinking. And I happened to put a few clips over the top of it. And then, you know, I did like a one and a half minute clip for that pump fest thing that we did. And it literally took me eight hours to edit. Yeah. And I got like a thousand views. I was like, so it's yeah. more about what's the topic? Do people want to hear it? And do they want to hear what you're talking about? And yeah. um, hence now I've gone to ultimate lazy, which is podcasting. <laughs> yeah. No editing. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that's awesome. So give, change... the, give the people what they want, mate. That's, that's simple as that. that. That's right. <laughs> so uh, change tact. Well, not really. So the new, you've got two new foils. Is it two that they're like now out in the world in shops? Yeah, so there's there's three now. So there's two extra. So there was the 850S and that was what I, that was the first, that was the foil that got me to leave Axis, yeah. basically. We'd been working on a surf foil for a long time. Well, the whole time I was with Axis and the Spitfire was the one that um, was the result of, of our work, even though they took a bit of a like hard left turn when I was sort of happy with the way we were going straight and they sort of changed it a little was bit. That, was that the chopped triple nine? Yeah. 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 I've I got still that. have it. Yeah. I, I didn't want to give it back. I'm like, this is my favorite <laughs> foil. <laughs> it's very um, fast. Yeah. The, the production one was no good because where mm. I chopped, it was still quite thick and they thinned it out to get to that, that like nice, yeah. um, you know, finish that the, the less, the less rugged sanded corners <laughs> I had. And, um, I, I was I didn't I used it like five times and mm. it was it was it was faster basically mm. and so really it was harder fast. to pump and no one liked it because it was too fast it was just that little bit too quick and the one I had was like um, Oscar Oscar tried it and he was frothing he's like man this is the really? funnest foil yeah we were I was driving up this is probably a year ago now I was mm. driving up through South Coast and it was like he he had he had a chopped like nine two five down to like eight eighty. Mm. And I had a chops triple nine down to probably similar span and they're actually really similar feels. And they were like, Oh yeah, we can get used to yeah. this. But yeah, the eight fifty was the first one I really it was just like, man, it downwinds super well, it surfs super well, and it kind of felt like that next step in the surf foil and downwind foil realm. Yeah. A, a good all round foil. You could use it for everything. And so yeah. Ben Tadra came down and yeah, anyway, the 850S, and then we now got the 720 and the 980. So just a smaller and a bigger version of it. So and, um, they scaled really well. But they, yeah. they do from because I've not tried them, but they do seem that the sizes aren't reflective of who they're probably suitable for. So say for me at 95 kilos, I'd be okay on the 850 in the surf. Yeah, even yeah. though it's 850 square centimeters because of the camber. I'm assuming. Yeah, well, I guess the the, the misleading thing probably you know that it's. A lot of people have talked about it as a, like a the next step from the lift 120, which was a mm. similar, you know, it was it performed bigger than its size. Yeah. But the advantage of the lift 120 was that no one knows what a square inch is, so lift 120 is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like 780 square centimeters, you know, or 80 something like that. It's 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 yeah, actually a, it's a small foil too. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's a similar 
direction to that lift 120, which, it, it, you know, the lift 120, in my opinion, was a was the it's it, ahead of its time. It, it was a really good, it, is it still a very good foil? Yep. Zane still uses it a lot for downwind. Um, mm. And he, and the, and the 90, he uses it a lot too. So basically, I'm saying it's that foil has lasted a long time. Well, it's two things. One is I actually was just on the precipice of changing from Axis until Adrian started sending me stuff. And I was going to change. <laughs> I actually bought the Lift 120. Yeah. And I really loved that foil. And I thought it was years ahead of itself. And it was mm-hmm. only that Adrian had sent me the Spitfire and I went, I really liked that foil. And I genuinely did. And that kept me. Um, yeah. But secondly, I have noticed on Seabreeze, a lot of Lift stuff is getting sold at the moment. And I don't think mm. it's because they're getting, I don't think they're going across to the 150 or the 110. I actually, because they're selling masks and full setups with the extenders yeah, right. and everything. And I reckon you're stealing lift people. <laughs> uh, well, I know for sure. Um, Benny Raymond, lo- local fella, um, yeah. frother, ripping too. He's been on the 120 for a long time. And he, yeah, he's, he's, he's he sold his lift stuff to buy some code gear. Mm. Um, so, that's that's actually the thing at the moment for for the for the code stuff. And I was chatting to um uh, someone about it, but like we we because most people don't see our gear as easy to learn on because mm. the numbers like the eight fifty and the nine eighty and the seven twenty they're all small. They're all under a thousand centimeters squared. The nine that they're all in my opinion. Like whenever I teach surf foiling, I always get people on small foils. Like I used to teach people on the um HPS eight thirty a lot, yep. which is a it's a small foil. Mm. Um, and I guess the reason for that is when you're learning to surf, especially on the east coast of Australia, the waves are pretty punchy and lots of beach breaks and sort of reef breaks that are shallow to deep water. The hardest part learning to surf for is surviving the takeoff. Mm. And I'd prefer to see people get to their feet and ride than get to their feet and just get launched into the sky. <laughs> you know, it's it's just not safe from like a coaching perspective. It's not safe. You actually learn a lot faster by using a smaller foil in those early stages. Mm. So... I've been teaching with the 850 or all the 720. And then once they can handle the takeoff, I move them to the 980. And I've taught two or three people now that have survived that. And then once they got to their feet, they were linking waves on the 980 just because the glide of it. Yeah. Because it's interesting. So like I've been on the art pros and um, I actually think people are going to overestimate the size of those wings. They actually need yep. to size down considerably. So people are going to yep. look at the 951 and go, I'll jump on that. And they're going to have a terrible time Yeah, because it's so fast and it has very, like it has no low end. It just doesn't. Yeah, it's made for the, speed. Yeah. The, the 951 is considerably smaller than the 720, you know, from, from code. Yeah. You know, so it's, that's why I say to people like the numbers mean nothing when comparing ranges mm. to ranges or brands to brands. They only mean something when you're comparing that one range within yeah. that brand. Yeah. yeah. So it's always a tricky one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So uh, if people don't know, obviously you run a coaching course, uh, Coach Casey. Shout out to Coach Casey. I have, I'm an alumni. I'm still a part of it. Um, yeah. You obviously teach people how to downwind mainly. That's probably yeah, the, that's main the main thing. Yeah. And, and by proxy, you do surfing and paddle ups and things like that little bit of winging uh, too but yeah mainly <laughs> mainly downwind winging i'm not freestyle or 
No. Like even someone asked yeah. me about a Heineken job the other day. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. I had to Google it. <laughs> I did notice because um, you and I used to, we used to go back and forth just about wingtips out. And I noticed a lot of wingtips out in your co-foil videos. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I've been using a 75 mast of late. And that's oh, yeah. mainly for the downwind sort of season. I wanted to dial that in. And anytime I use the 85 mast, and I went back to the 75, I'd breach more when I downwinded. So I just committed to the 75, which means when you're turning harder, the tips are out. So if I was turning the same angle on the 85 mast, I wouldn't get the tips out and I'd actually be able to turn harder again. So yeah. I stand by it, but I accept <laughs> that I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> I, I I think it looks good. That that was has always been my point. I really yeah, like it. It does, yeah. Well, and because it's interesting watching Zane... He did put up a clip the other day and he's on the HA70 and he's getting huge amounts of wingtips out. And it's, you know, I really like it. I think it looks amazing. Oh, you're on the edge. Yeah. Especially yeah. Zane's are on the 85 centimeter mass. And if you're getting the tips out in the 70, mm. HA70, like that's, he's banking it over hard. Right. And yeah, Zane's ripping. And fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, because you, you've just done a foil camp, I think it was at Lennox. And then, yeah. How did your, film the doco how did that go yeah good um we had about you know 50 ish people rock up and heaps of good feedback we had a q a that went for almost longer than the film itself <laughs> um <laughs> which is a good sign you know yeah um, cool. people want to hear from you it, yeah people want to hear from from us and uh yeah it was and actually did a little downwind forward clinic ahead of ahead of the the screening too so a lot of people came down for the clinic then the screening and then, um, and then the day after I did like a, it's just like a kind of a private foil camp. There's only, you know, we, we maxed it out at like six people. I think we had yeah. four or five for this last one. And, um, it was, oh, it's, it's a good excuse to go up to Byron, you know, yeah, yeah. Byron Ballina area and, and sort of touch base with that community and, um, prof out and the, the clients always get a lot out of it. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's just a, basically a little, excuse to get up there and froth out with the fellow foilers well because i i actually bought a ticket online for the documentary and i was gonna i had a wedding in dolby which is like three hours inland from Ireland, and then my car died on the way to dolby and i was gonna go from dolby down to byron so i paid for a ticket but i couldn't attend but i was there in spirit so yeah <laughs> i wanted to support you i was keen to see it and keen to ride down there so um yeah i'm bummed you can make it yeah it sucks but that's okay um, that's so a car yeah, not good. <laughs> we're we're in the four and a half thousand dollar range. Let's just say that. So, Oof. yeah, that's okay because I just got a whole a whole new treats from Axis. I got a whole bunch of new stuff. So I feel like I've spent that money on myself, even though I have. it's offset. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's yeah. offset the cost of the car. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what? I've been dying to ask you this question. Um, if you were gonna go from Melbourne to Tasmania, downwinding, mm. have you thought about this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what would you do? Don't you don't have to give away everything because people might still. Um, I think, as he, to Vic is easier, mm. um, because like yeah. I think a southwesterly wind is is what you is what is what I'd want. Um, yeah. Look, a northerly would be a lot warmer. Like going from Vic down to Tassie would be nicer, but less wild too, I imagine. Yeah, I but I kind of want to embrace the like the. Mm how wild Bass Strait is and I'm sure a Northerly would still be plenty wild 
but um, I don't know. I like the idea of going the other way for some reason. Mm. Um, but I'm open to both ways. The hardest thing is organizing a boat um, yeah. to escort or you know support. Um, but I, yeah, probably probably finishing at like uh, what is it? Not 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 Melbourne, a little bit further mm. east. Um, one of those beaches outside of the the bay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a few different ways to look at it. The other the other way you could do is you could if in a northerly. And if that's in the south, I'd go like I think it's Stanley to um, yeah. I'm having a full mental blank, but that's it's this right. beautiful, beautiful part of the world. We hiked there, mm-hmm. Wilson's Prom. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilson's Prom is where we'd finish, I reckon. And then yeah. in a northerly, I think I'd want to go from like the surf coast, so like Lawn, sort of mm-hmm. up up the like west of Lawn, back to Tassie, because I think you get the north. The northwest is, I guess, it's always a bit of west in it down there. It seems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's you've got, you've got that island chain on the eastern side. And yeah, King King Island. King Island and, on the other side. Yeah, yeah, you got two. And look, for for, for a lot of the prone and sub guys, they'll island hop. Mm. But on the foil, you oh, do it's a straight a day. shot. Yeah, yeah you do in it in summer. A day. No stress. It, it'd be. Two seven, you know, two seventy-eight k's, I think. Yeah, I think the the, the shortest distance. I think it's under two fifty. Mm. Um, you're never going straight line. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. you foil, and so I measured out. Um, when I did my south coast to Sydney, that was only. I think if I, a straight line, it's only about one hundred eighty k's is what I covered, but wow. the zigging and the zagging was an extra thirty-five k's. You know, wow. so. Yeah, and that was extreme because of the first couple of hours that was so light. Yep. I went a little bit off course. That's something I definitely want to do. And yeah. if anyone's seen the docker, they'll know that because ah. I talk about that a fair bit. But we'll have to uh, get that it's, out to people. So, and that's it's probably you know you could have gotten some funding from Axis potentially. So now that's going to come from say Code and Sonova and those yeah. guys. Yeah, Axis were a massive sponsor for for that world record attempt or that world record foil I did. And uh, it's a lot harder. The logistics aren't cheap, I'm imagining. The, the like, boat itself, I think, was like over ten grand. You know, so that's and that's just one part of it. Hmm. You got and you got the film crew, and you got the, you got organised witnesses, and and the hardest part is it's all weather dependent. So you can have a window, and there can be no wind. And we had two windows, and there was no wind. Yeah. And the third and final window was like, let's just get this done because <laughs> we could be waiting forever. And so knowing that. Because I know that stretch, reason you know, light, and then it turns into some of the biggest bombs you've probably ever come across. <laughs> what foil would you pick out of the range? I obviously know you've got some other foils that you're working on, but I won't pull any cats out of the bags. But um, is it something that's in the range now, or is it something that is probably coming? Probably something coming. You know, yeah. the, the we've talked about the R series a fair bit. It's what I use for Molokai, and they just. They're higher aspect foils. They're, they're not. Yeah. They work it in the surf, but they're not designed for the surf. That, you that's know? what so Nottage is on. Yeah, Nottage is using yeah, the yeah. 770, and I've, yeah. I just used that this afternoon. But for Molokai, I use the 860, and yeah. basically those are the two foils I'd be looking at using depending yeah. on the wind strength. Yeah. Because yeah. it'd be pretty psycho in the middle, I imagine. <laughs> I reckon you'd be hanging on. Yeah, I reckon you'd oh, be yeah. hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've thought about doing it, just not not for a world record or anything. But I'd stop at the islands because I'm not, as, mm, I'm, not enjoy endur- I'm not an endurance athlete like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get somebody to follow me because I think it's 80 k's to the first island, 
and then yep. it's and then you could do like 120 and then you'd pretty much be there so you could do it in three days if you had nice you know nice breezes but yeah uh, um yeah i i've been excited to see you do that and if you need a film crew let me know and i'll see if i can jump on the boat yeah i've got a few people you've, got, you've already got a up. film yeah. crew so yeah yeah i'll, I'll work no, with it's, them um, yeah no it's um it's it's all you know actually jamie was pretty much a one-man show and mm. he edited it all and put it together so um, a lot of work a lot of work yeah uh, it's his it's his baby so i actually don't even have a copy of the doco because he's like just well, wants he, to hold it yeah he'd, he'd technically own it i imagine Oh, for sure. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually the reason I did the that distance from the South Coast back up to Sydney because I wanted to see if I could do it comfortably to, to then potentially do Bass Strait. But it's it's a bit harder. <laughs> it's a bit harder to organise Bass Strait. Um, if, if anyone's out there wanting to, you know, take their boat across and just follow me for a little bit. We've only got we've probably only got like three listeners, so <laughs> well, better than none. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll let you go because we got two minutes to go, and I've already used up half an hour every time, or thirty five minutes. Um, can you leave anybody with? Because you're obviously a coach. What is your number one foiling tip? Uh, let's say for surf at the moment. I'm going to go into pumping, and I think people need to think about the timing of their pump. And and front foot, back foot, and the the the, the point where they emphasise their pump. That's yeah. something I've been really working on lately. A lot of people wanting to learn to work on the pumping and think about it as if you're pushing both feet down and then yeah, like jumping off your board and unweighting. It's um obviously uh the emphasis point on the on the down is a little bit more front foot, and the emphasis point on the up is a little bit more back foot. But it's if you try to keep it flat, it's it's mm. gonna it's going to be a better way to think about it than thinking front foot or back foot. Yeah. Um, so that's on the pump. Um, and really, yeah, just emphasizing the down. A lot of people emphasize the up and yep. the real telltale sign is the arms. When you're lifting up, yep. the, the board's just going up and almost stalling down. Whereas if you push down, you get speed from that and you use that speed to get height. So that's a little 30-minute version of the, the pumping stuff that we go through every week on the Coach Casey Club. But yeah, it's... Yep. um. Which I'll put a link it's in a, the in the show notes if anyone wants to yeah. join. I think we're about to get cut off by Zoom. So yeah, good time. thanks for your time, James. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll see you on the coaching call tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see you then. Thanks. Right. Thanks, see Dave. Bye. Right. Welcome to the fact, fact check, check with Josh Lane. Recording in progress. Um, all right. This is the fact check. We're not going to start with some facts. We're going to start with Josh. Hello, Josh. How's it going, mate? <laughs> I don't know how to start this thing, so sorry. We've literally just gotten on, done some audio tests, and here we go. Let's diving. do this. So let's not start with facts, and let's start with uh, you rode something pretty cool today. You're very late to the party. I rode a wave. <laughs> <laughs> you were less wobbly on the wave. I did indeed. I stole... Um... I stole your Axis High Mod Mark. The world is open to you. What were you? What have What have you been riding? Um, I've been riding the Axis Carbon V two seventy five centimeter. I think or it's from V2. like is it the second one of them? Yeah. Yeah, it's from like nineteen ninety five or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you always refer to it as my noodle. 
Yeah. Um, which um, <laughs> that was when everybody believed that you wanted a wobbly mask so you could wind up your turn. <laughs> well, I mean, considering I'm, half, considering I'm half Asian, noodles are an important part of my, uh, <laughs> you know, my lifestyle. But no, definitely, um, mate. Um, I don't think you eat noodles at all. <laughs> give me a good, uh, give me a good ramen any day, mate. And I'm stoked. Are you Japanese? You don't have Japanese in you. No, but I love my ramen. You like ramen. Yeah, we were I in Japan ramen. together. We've we've eaten ramen together in Japan, mate. That's all we ate. I'm pretty certain we'd ride till about three or four, <laughs> and then we just eat ramen, and then we just rinse and repeat every day. It was amazing. Pretty much every day. That were big bowls of ramen too. I I could barely get through mine. Remember? Very fun indeed. Anyway, enough about noodles. What are we talking yeah. about? So you said to me in the surf, you were like, oh, I listen to the podcast with Dylan, which is handy because you're the co-host. So, uh, (laughs) um, and then you wanted to try and what did you say to me in the surf? Well, pretty much. Um, I mean, you've been teasing me about my noodle for a while, but it really kind of, um, I don't know. It didn't really hit home until I was listening to the podcast with Dylan and just listening to, you know, his advice when he's been asked about different setups. He was just saying he could see guys trying to pump back out and link waves and literally seeing like the board wobbling left and right. So I was just like, okay, there's there's got to be more to this and you've been mm. on my case about it for a while. So yeah, I, I stole your um, high mod 82 centimeter and um instantly man i mean i'm going from the original carbon to like you know stiff as and oh my gosh night and day you you guys are 100 percent correct yeah 100 percent right yeah the um your because your it's like going from you know a kite let's say a kite made in yeah 1995 and then getting on a 2015 slingshot i don't know i don't know any kite brands anymore um cabrina they're they're a nice stiff kite you know cabrina were the, like if you rode a cabrina you were shit house that was the thing back in the day <laughs> <laughs> they, they, well they were pitched again it was they were kind of pitched to that beginner market but mm. the reason for that is because they were so safe they were so far ahead of everyone with their safety yeah they were such a good kite to learn on so i think that's they slotted in that market um, they weren't very safe they were, they were they were caught in, in pale lines though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> compared to the compared to the liquid force that I started on. That oh thing yeah. Was a, that was a death weapon, that thing. They did some weird stuff in the beginning too. They were the first ones oh, I think they, they had that hybrid fifth line and it was like anyway. Yeah. This is not a kiting yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's not, no. <laughs> um so stiff yeah, is good. But that, Stiffies are good. Stiff is good, man. The biggest thing, like, the biggest thing is the pump for me. I mean, I know you guys, I mean, you guys are ripping turns. I'm not exactly to that level. So that's why I kind of wasn't super curious in it. But when once you guys, you know, when Dylan and you guys were talking about pumping and linking, that's was like, oh, hang on, that's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And when I was pumping out today, you could just really feel every pump, um, was just so much more efficient. Like you could, you you kind of got a lot more feedback from the foil as opposed to my noodle was just wobbling. So I would lose all that energy. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely hands down, big difference. Big difference. Also man. big difference, to be fair, big difference in price too. Oh yeah. I think the better step would have been for you to go and you were going to do it, but I insisted that you try it mine. Um, the aluminium, because yeah. the aluminium, uh, it, there was that little tiff that was going on between um, what's his name, foil with me on Instagram and spoiled by the foil. Did you see that? That was quite uh, was that, entertaining. I I don't know if I saw the tiff, but I was def- are you referring to that that diagram the and chart, it lined yeah. up all the different? Yeah, that was super interesting and yeah, and um, 
Axis 19 mil alley mask was right up there, wasn't it? One of the stiffest. Yep. One of the stiffest. Yeah, not and not the not the narrowest, not the narrowest at the base. But if all you cared about was stiffness, um, which you should with the bigger wings, especially. It um yeah, yeah it holds its own like not and I I don't know what the other brands are doing with their aluminium masks but I imagine they're quite stiff too so aluminium is not to be overlooked uh, it doesn't look as good as carbon obviously but um well the thing that annoys me the, the thing that's a massive pro for the alley mask is it's cheap I mean you can so pick cheap. those things up for a couple hundred bucks right mm. and so I mean in the foiling game that's that's nothing yep. um the <laughs> thing that bothers me is um is it allows water inside the mast there's just something yeah, that, i mean i know you drain i know you drain it out at the end of the session but it just bugs me man oh it bugs me too definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the things the bugs it bugs me man i'm telling you <laughs> um one of the things that i because i and i've said this before but i bought my uh carbon mask partly because i just knew that the aluminium mask i was just going to wear it out over time so i wanted yeah and, and to be fair i wanted to feel cool having a carbon mask that was part of the decision. They, they are cool, man. I mean, as soon as that was on my setup today, I'm like, man, this mast is cool. Like it just, yeah. it looks cool. It feels cool. Yeah, it's it's sick, man. I mean, I'm just going to have to be whether I'm happy to outlay some more money for that mast or whether I ride the alley for a while. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll cross that bridge when it comes. But yeah, probably pretty safe to say I'm probably off the needle from now on. Yeah. Well, I've got the spare now. So, um, can we just take a moment to, because this is a very axis centric um, episode. And, oh, no, because this is, the, wait, which one? Are we, no, this is the James Casey one. So, it's not actually, it's code four centric. But anyway, um, I just want to appreciate the new graphics. They look sick. They look modern. They make it look less like um, an older product. I really like that. I'm like, they've done a great job with that simple graphic. Yeah. But you know my oh, foil lord logo is now irrelevant. Why is that? Because it's got the stripes. So now it looks more like an Oh gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. The graphics are the graphics are sick. They've they really nailed them. It's amazing how something simple can look so good. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I was just gonna say I like I like you can spot like an Armstrong mask from a mile away and you can mm. spot an Axis mast high mod from a mile away. I think that's kinda cool. What's the first thing? It's kinda like people? you know, when you know when we used to kite you'd basically be able to see your mate based on his kite. There's Dave riding his red, whatever you're riding, you know what I mean? So the one that's deflated kind of and of... fallen apart. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a identifier, isn't it, to, to who's out there, which is kind of cool in a way. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I'll leave this in, but <laughs> we, there was some drone footage that I got today and there's a clear distinction between drone footage you shot and the footage the other person shot. I was going to ask you about this. Actually. I was actually even going to make a comment, but... Um... I didn't see. I didn't see what else was shot, but um, stationary. I swear to God, stationary (laughs) drone shots, and I just go boop out of frame, and there's a thirty second lag (laughs) coming back to me. So funny. Yeah, shooting shooting four K sixty P, like just basically, you know, smashing up the um, the memory cards. Yeah, but that person is a genius in and of their own right, but not a good drone pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think he's only in his defense. He only just bought that drone. I think that week. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I hope okay. he hears this and knows that we're saying this in the kindest of spirits. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think I got a couple of cool follow shots of you getting towed around. I came in, um, I remember coming in close behind you. So I'll be keen to see that footage. Yeah. I was going to ask out. you, 
because people would have seen the clip because it's done like a lot of people saying it. Were you surprised by how well the IRT Pro 1051 was turning, given how wide that thing is? Oh, that's what 100%. I was yeah, so you were on ART Pro that day. Yep. The yeah, thing... right. I thought you were on this. I thought you were on your Spitfire. No, exactly. They feel so similar. It's so weird that they feel so similar. I don't actually understand how. Um, but anyway, it was, yeah, I was like, because I've, I've surfed it a few times before and I've just been really impressed by how well they turn. So I'd love to get on the 1001, but that thing is hard to pump. There's no doubt about it. You make a mistake in your pump and you'll fall almost immediately. Yeah, right. What, the low end's not amazing on that smaller ART Pro? No, people are going to, uh, actually, this is part of the fact check for, I've got this as a note, and so we'll talk about it now, is um Dylan was talking about, and I didn't, I don't know why I didn't go down the rabbit hole, because I probably should have, but, you know, I'm trying to figure this thing out. He was saying how people are going to feel like the foil, the ART pros are bigger than they appear, but I actually think it's the yeah. opposite. I think you should size them by their square centimeters. So a 1051 will turn like a 900 square centimeter wing, which is what I think you would have observed. Um, but their yeah, top, their top, their top end is really high. They can go really fast and be very they look happy. fast just from just from looking at them. I mean, they look like rocket ships. So like, I probably won't go down below the thousand and one. That you know, yeah. and that's probably one of my widest wings that I use, other than the 1201. So. Um, that's probably a fact that I should throw in there. It's not a fact, it's an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the opinion check, which is probably what most facts are in these day and age, but anyway, it's another conversation. You um, you would only you would only go smaller if you're towing though, right? But you probably yeah. you'd probably even be you go you go to tow towing there. Yeah, because you want to just turn as hard as you can. And those things are made yeah. to glide, like speed and glide, so there's no yeah, real yeah, sure. direct application. It's great for winging, like that 1051 and the the 101001. Awesome for winging because you're under power all the time or you're on a wave. So, uh, but obviously, I you know I can pump that 1051 pretty good. But we should be talking about code foils because this is the James Casey. But this fact check is really including three episodes. <laughs> so yeah. Now the way the fact check works is I just tell you the facts and you just. Say whatever you want. You don't have to say anything. And uh, so, and then if anything, so have you checked? Have you checked the facts? Uh, I think so. And then anything that comes to your brain, you can just talk about. The, the, interrupt me as we go. Um, All right, sounds good. So Cam, I in a previous episode, I mentioned Cam Junior. I said, but it's Cam Jordan, who is the guy on in Byron Bay, who does those epic pump videos across um, water goes. So his name is actually yes. Cam Jordan, or even Cameron Scott potentially. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to fact check. The fact check. So speaking of up. speaking of names, you also mentioned um, Oscar Johansson, right? Oh yeah, actually, surely, that's surely that's surely that's Johan pronounced Hansen. with a Yo- Johansson. Surely, let's get Oscar I mean, he's, to he's, comment on that. He's he's Finnish or Polish or Swedish he's or something. Swedish, yeah, because he went to yeah, Sweden yeah. this year or something. Yes, let's yep. go Oscar Johansson. But really, he's yep. Oscar foil to us. It's <laughs> true. But yes, go check out Cam Jordan, not Junior, <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> All his stuff is shot by Ben Taylor, who is another epic drone pilot, like Yeshua here. Um, <laughs> With the yeah, not the yeah. <laughs> Yeshua and Johansson. <laughs> right, second fact is... Uh, Marcus Tardrew. I said Ben Tardrew was involved with Sonova. 
Actually, Ben might be. So let's. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't it's actually Benny's know. Yeah, they're the brother, the Tajri brothers. Um, but I definitely know Marcus is because I bought a board that has his had his name on it that he had shaped. So I think the correction is Marcus was involved with Sonova, which and that's from the James Casey. So I think that's pretty good. That's a good fact to fact check. It's um, always good. Keep it accurate. So the the code four boys are Marcus, Ben, Dan, and James. And I didn't know that and I felt bad. So sorry, fellas. I knew Marcus and I said Ben and I didn't know Dan. And I knew James. So that was a three out of four. Poor effort. Bad research. How much do you know about James? Because you don't downwind. So James is very downwind centric. He is, yeah. I mean. Oh, there was. Did you see the crash today? One of the flight boarders ran into a prone foiler. <laughs> really? The guy that tuck, tapped me on the belly and said, Oh, you are a bit fat, aren't you? <laughs> that guy. That guy ran into somebody today on his flight board. Oh. Oh, no. Did he run into a prone foiler? Yeah. So, and I think I'm going to put lay this out there, and I think you'll agree that because this is what I do with the foil drive is anybody who's human powered gets priority. What do you think? 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. So he ran into them. Yeah. Well, at least it was a maybe it was a good thing that it was another foiler as opposed to a oh, surfer yeah. or just a swimmer. I mean, there might have been a little bit sure. more grace were, given to him. They were friends too. So I think it was okay. But. Um, Imagine getting hit by a flight board. Those things weigh how much? Twenty. Even with the super, the nano battery is twenty-one kilos. We'll have to fact check that. There's the next fact for the fact check. <laughs> um, I think it's about twenty kilos. I'm going to say uh, approximately twenty kilos. Yeah. Um, but with the big battery, which he would probably be on twenty-five kilos. They are. Mate, you would. You just don't want to get hit by by it. That's for sure. Well, like my. Oil drive whole setup, including the pod, cable, and battery, is five kilos, and the nano battery on its own is five kilos. I think. Yeah, so well, then you've got to add in the big ass metal fiberglass board and all that. So, but hey, they're doing well. Flyboard are crushing it. They are selling stuff. There's no doubt about that. No. Oh, doubt. for sure, definitely a nice refined product, but still wouldn't want to get hit by it. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um. All right. Have you got anything you want to add? Any inspiration? No, that's about it. Hmm. Um, yeah. I think we've done our job. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, worth yeah. a mention, did you see Bennett's in the wave pool? That was a pretty sweet video. Yes. Yes. Um, do you know what I thought? And this is a weird uh, jump to make, is whenever people see a clip of Bennett's or somebody writing well, they always ask, what are you writing? What are you writing? And the first thing I thought is, he's clearly not writing his normal gear. He's riding somebody else's gear. No. And he's still he still borrowed it, yeah. Uh, and yeah. It, I mean, that's it, how good he is. Exactly. And so I go like, there's this, foilers have this obsession, the way they participate in the sport sometimes is that they just say, what are, What do you want? So like, I'll say what my front wing is and my rear and somebody will say, what mask were you on? And it's like, everybody's looking for this magic combination. <laughs> Agreed. Amid, no, amid, I totally agree with you. I was just like, Bennett rips on almost anything. Almost anything. Yeah. He's an incredibly yeah. talented foiler. So um, it, that's a weird thing that I came to the conclusion after watching the pool video. But I was like, that'd be cool to do at Urban Surf, except it's concrete. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I I was waiting for a foiler to be in a wave pool and no surprises. It was Bennett's and yes. just seeing it. And um, even he said it was super challenging. He said there was water moving everywhere and shallow and this and that. So, I mean, mm. yeah, respect to, respect for that video. I mean, I... 
I don't think it probably portrays just how difficult that would have been. So it was pretty cool. But I also don't think he's dying or itching to go back to it. Uh, I mean, it didn't, to be honest, to be fair, it didn't look that fun. Um, no. It was I, a, I think it, was, I think it just trick. had to be done for a yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think it just had to be done for a video. Now exactly. it's done. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that exciting, but um, we can move on. Maybe now. the <laughs> maybe the way you pull at your poon, you know. Um, oh yeah, what's I've his got, name? Uh, yes, um, the girl with the big big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Underbite with that big pl- with the with the big plunger, right? Yes, that could be different. Um, the way it works, that could could. I, couple of hours out there with a couple of mates on a foil could oh, be a lot of fun. I think a brand's going to do it. Like a brand's going to do a shoot out at a location like that. Um, yeah. Actually, why you mentioned that? Because really, this is the ADHD podcast. Is uh, I was thinking today about how often I've like been like, oh, I want to go down to Water Goes. I want to go to Water Goes. And I realized like we have a Water Goes here. We are one of the best foil spots on the East Coast. And I don't want to go to Water yeah. that much anymore. Because it's so much busier. It's cool to... Definitely like, there's, is. There's epic crew down there, obviously. The water is clearer. There are more I was going to say, one thing that kind of draws me is that water. It reminds me of Fiji sometimes. Some of those drone footage, oh yeah, you know, clips, and it's just like so clear. It looks, um, looks pretty amazing. But, yeah, I mean, when Sunny Coast is on, it's on. I mean, it was fun today. I mean, you've been on foil for quite a few hours today, man. I mean... when it's on it's on i think and that's the spirit of what i'm trying to say is more like appreciate what i have on my doorstep rather than trying to run away always to be i think because if i'm honest it's like you want to foil with all the cool guys and all the cool guys on social media are in byron bay (laughs) (laughs) it's super lame but i just i'm like trying to be honest with you know you get sucked into this um little uh, social circle and it's like actually we're, maybe we're the cool guys now. <laughs> I don't know. We're not. We're the <laughs> at, least, at least it's friendly and crazy. I mean, like, yeah. it, was, it was good times out today. Like, everyone was having a chat and, you know, yeah. it's, that's the thing I like about foiling as opposed to surfing. It's um, it's a lot friendlier, at least at the moment anyway. Let's hope it stays that way. Unless they're on a flight board and they run into you. <laughs> drama, drama, drama. All right. Well, uh, that'll do us, I think. Um. Thanks for uh, checking the facts, Joshua, Yeshua. Um, no worries. King of the Hill. I don't know. That's a new name I've decided to give. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm so sunburnt. I think I'm a little bit delirious. <laughs> so uh, next week we're interviewing Amos of Amos Shapes. And I have to be honest, I don't know Amos's last name. Do you? I have no idea. I was actually wasn't even sure whether his name was Amos until I spoke to him on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I had the same hesitation. So, <laughs> like, is your name Amos? He's like, yeah, it's like, sweet. In in the interest of transparency, we're about to talk to him, but it's actually going to be next week for you as the listener. Um, but nonetheless, you'll be able to enjoy hearing from Amos Shapes, one of the prettiest board. Not actually, he's a pretty man, but his boards are some of the prettiest I think on the market. And um. We both love their boards and we are paying customers. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Sounds good, mate. Talk to you again next sign week. Sign us off, Josh. Sign us off. Give us, give us a new sign off. Let's go. Until next week, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>